0: We are in day three of our pledge drive. When we have these local pledge drives, we also get to bring in great local guests. And right now, wow, do we have a great local guest. We have Lynn Wood. He is the attorney who is representing Covington High School student Nicholas Sandman. We always begin with prayer, because we know all good things begin with prayer. Would you like to lead us in that, or would you like for me to do that?
1: I'll let you do that, Kelly.
0: Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. You know, we're going to call on on the Blessed Mother to intercede for us to her spouse, the Holy Spirit, and ask the Holy Spirit to descend upon all of us here in the studio and out through the airwaves to uh, really bring... God's glory and God's message out through these airwaves to really bring bring glory to God through the words and the interviews that we have and through all of the guests that we have on today to uh, build up the kingdom of God through Quest Radio. And we ask that right now, and uh, we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so a few housekeeping rules. We're going to go through them real quick because we really want to find out about um, what's going on with with this law case, these uh, cases that you have going. A few rules, though. We have some fun along the way. We ring the okay. bell. We ring it for certain reasons. If we get somebody that can, calls in with a hundred dollars a month for thirty six months. We ring the bell. That's called a founder. They become a founder. Their name goes on a plaque here at the the station, and forever they get bragging rights that they're a founder of Catholic Radio. They can even put it in their obituary someday, and we have had several who have called in. We'll get our list updated here in just a minute, but we have Julie and Julietta and Denise and Janet and Betty and St. Bridget's Men's Club and Michael and Father Peake and Denise and Major General Tom and an anonymous person, Gift of Hope organization, and Peter, who have all called Called in and said that they will be a founder of Catholic Radio. So, if you would like to do that, it is an automatic ring of the bell. We also ring the bell at every $10,000 mark. So, when we get up to $10,000, we ring the bell. So, we want to ring it a whole lot of times while you're in the hot seat right now. So, So, let's do it. Okay, we also have some giveaways, and you can call and talk with the volunteers, but we give away prayer cards, we give away books. Founders get an echo dot. We're also giving away a blessed rosary from a holy site. So everyone who calls in with a pledge of any amount gets the rosary. We are continuing the Knights of Columbus um, competition that we had going yesterday. So they'll be updating me on that. Um, But if you want to call in and vote for the best fish fry, um, then it's either All Saints, St. Bridget's, Um, St. Michael's or Christ the King. So you can call. We have five for all saints, 17 points for St. Brigid. St. Michael's is five, and Christ the King is 15. So um, call and vote for your favorite fish fry by making a donation. Okay, so enough of the housekeeping thing, 678-688-4549. Again, we are talking with Lynn Wood. He is the attorney who is representing Covington High School student Nicholas Sandman. Welcome.
1: Well, thank you for having me on. Let me tell you, I'm going to get a half of the ring of the bell right now because I want to pledge $5,000 wow. myself. You uh, get a whole ring of the bell for well, that one. Well, <laughs> I'm ready to hear it ring.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank
1: listen, you. I... I have a great respect for uh, your faith
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and obviously with Nicholas and his family I've gotten to know uh, to know a, a number of uh, the Catholics up in the northern Kentucky area I've got some great friends who were Catholics and uh, mm-hmm. you know part of what happened to Nicholas uh, relates to the fact that he was uh, a white Catholic boy mm-hmm. uh, who had the souvenir cap of make America great again so uh, his campaign to try to find justice and hopefully, accountability and some change on the part of the media uh, impacts a lot of a lot of folks, but it, it clearly impacts your faith yeah. so we're fighting for a lot of uh people we believe
0: thank you, and we appreciate that we we do truly I, I know I do I guess I can't speak for everybody but but so many that I talk to are so appreciative of what what you're doing so thank you well thank you okay so um you know, and and again, I want to say we are we are truly, truly honored to to have you here with us. So, can we start maybe by finding out just a little bit about you? You were showing us pictures of, of your grandbaby. Oh, awesome! <clears throat> Talking about your sons and how proud you are of them. So, let's just find out a little bit about you and what has brought you to the point where where you are fighting for the rights of all of us.
1: Well, I I grew up in Macon, Georgia and went to Mercer uh, University undergraduate and law school, practiced law in Macon for a couple of years, and then moved to Atlanta uh, in 1979, and I've been practicing law in Atlanta ever since. Uh, I'm going to date myself now. Uh, The first 20 years of my law practice, I focused primarily on medical negligence cases dealing with victims of medical uh, malpractice. I was actually getting a little bit tired of that area. It seemed like if you take one physician's deposition, they all began to run together. And it just so happened that uh, Richard Jewell had contacted a friend of his, Watson Bryant, who was a lawyer and a friend of mine. And Richard Jewell, who was the security guard and should have been forever recognized as the hero of the Centennial Olympic Park bombing in Atlanta, Richard uh, asked me to represent him. I didn't know much about libel law. Probably in all candor, I didn't know anything about it. Uh, I know a lot more uh, now. But I undertook to represent Richard in in 1996, uh, first really trying to keep him from being unfairly indicted or charged with the bombing. So we had a lot of dealings with the FBI and the Department of Justice. They finally exonerated Richard publicly, in October of 1996, and I then began to go down the list to file civil lawsuits for defamation on behalf of Richard. Uh, That representation led to the representation of John and Patsy Ramsey and their son, Burke, uh, represented uh, former Congressman Gary Condit, represented the victim in the Kobe Bryant case, not a defamation case, but it started off as a case where we were trying to protect the young lady's uh, privacy, she was under assault by the tabloids. Uh, represented Herman Cain. Presently represented Vernon Unsworth, who was clearly one of the heroes in the Thai cave disaster, where they were successful in rescuing thirteen Thai boys from uh, the cave. Again, in his cases against Elon Musk, uh, who had some very harsh uh, things to say about him for reasons that are yet to be fully understood by me, but he accused uh, Vernon of being a pedophile. Uh, totally false statement. So we're involved in that litigation. And then, uh, having just finished up a case for Burke-Ramsey against CBS in December of last year, I thought I'd take a little bit of a breather. Uh, and then along along came Nicholas Sandman, and when his family called me, there was no way I could say uh, No. Uh, this is what I've worked for, for 23 of my 42 years of practicing law. And, uh, it's an honor to represent this young boy and his family. Mm -hmm. And he is certainly a victim of a massive assault on his reputation and literally, uh, living under physical threats because the violence that has been urged by some of the celebrity Hollywoods against him, uh, people have sent death threats text emails to his family mm. i mean what they did to this young boy is it's hard to really fully describe and we'll never really know the full impact uh because it's going to impact him for the rest of his life and as i've said before it'll impact his children's lives and his children's children's lives mhm mm-hmm.
0: and and you know we're we're thinking now as as you're speaking i think what you're talking about is the the negative impacts, but I also think that there's going to be some positive impacts come from this because of what you're doing and because you are standing up and you're saying we're not going to allow this anymore. And that's as far as I know that's been unprecedented where you've you've taken on someone like this in the media.
1: This is this is a unique case because it does literally encompass the whole range of what we call the media now we're talking about mainstream media we're talking about newspapers uh, television uh, stations broadcast stations Uh, but you're also talking about the internet Mm. and more importantly we're talking about social media twitter and facebook the firestorm against nicholas had its foundation on twitter and the problem that occurred was the Twitter mob they were the mob was given a megaphone by the mainstream media such as The Washington Post and cNN and without any real investigation whatsoever, the mainstream media adopted the social media's uh, outcries against Nicholas and really gave uh, voice to uh, the attacks against him around the world. Mm-hmm. So all forms of media are involved in Nicholas's case. That makes it very unique. Uh, and maybe uh, you're right. I hope I hope that uh, you're right, that we can effectuate a positive uh, change in how we talk to each other
2: mm-hmm.
1: and how the media treats people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've given the media so much protection under the guise of the First Amendment that we've lost sight of the necessary what we need and is necessary to protect our individual reputations. And at the end of the day, the reputation of our society is nothing more than the collective reputations of its individuals. So the right to redress false attacks on reputation has been acknowledged by the United States Supreme Court as being every bit as valuable and important a right as any other right granted to us under the United States Constitution. So we've got a lot of work to do.
0: Can you repeat that one time?
1: Oh, sure. The, the, the Supreme Court has acknowledged in case law that the right of an individual to seek redress for false attacks on reputation is as valuable a right as any of the rights guaranteed to us under the United States Constitution.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But for some reason, over the last at least the couple of decades that I've been uh, directly involved in this area of law, the, the, the pendulum has, has swung so far in favor of protecting the First Amendment that we've lost sight of the fact that in the process of giving the First Amendment so much protection, we're denigrating uh, the protection of reputation. And I think that pendulum has to start to swing back toward the middle, and there's got to be a more balanced approach to how we both exercise our free speech while at the same time protecting our valuable rights of reputation individually and as a society. So maybe we can make a difference. We're sure going to work hard at it. We'd like to think that this case presents that opportunity. Uh, But the key for us is first to focus on Nicholas. And I believe that part of my responsibility is to advocate for him in the court of public opinion to try to somehow, as best I can, restore his reputation and vindicate him fully Mm -hmm. Because he was totally innocent that day in the park. Mm -hmm. And then obviously to seek accountability against the wrongdoers in the media who falsely accused him and vilified him and threatened him.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And and I am I am happy that you are on the air today to be able to to do just that. And we are grateful that you are taking the time here with us today. I am gonna interrupt. Uh, it seems seems like we just want to keep going, and and I definitely want to get keep going. But but uh, we also know that we're in the middle of a pledge drive, so we're gonna interrupt and give the phone number six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. Uh, If you can call in and make a pledge so that we can, you know, the fact is we get to have Lynn Wood on the air and give him an entire hour to give the story and give the truth that we don't hear in secular media. And we can only do that if we have the airwaves to do it. We have the airwaves because of each and every person who has pledged And made it possible. So can you be the next person that allows us to stay on the air and keep this message going? The number to call if you can, 678-688-4549. Also encourage you, and I'm getting these notes so I know people already know it before I say it. If you want to say thank you to our guest then please call in for that too. If you can't make a pledge, that's okay. Just call in because he needs to hear. We appreciate what he's doing. And so if you would like to do that, give us a call. We have a message from Bob and Steph, and they say um, they're from coming, and they would like to, to thank you for all you are doing for Nick and for Religious Freedom. So I don't know if you know them or not, but... uh, I don't, but thank you,
1: Bob and Steph.
0: Yeah, excellent. The next message is, uh, I want to thank Mr. Wood for helping a quiet young man have a voice that has reverberated through our country.
1: Awesome. Nicholas does have a quiet voice, and Nicholas was the only adult in the room that day in the park. Yes. Uh, The manner in which he conducted himself. When I first met him, I, I shook his hand and I looked at his parents and I said, I... I just want to tell you that if my son had conducted himself the way your son did on that day, mm. I couldn't. I would not have been more proud of him. And I know you're proud of Nicholas. Mm. And he wants to be a lawyer.
0: Awesome. Mm.
1: I've, I've kiddingly said maybe I need to talk to him about that. This is a tough for perspe- <laughs> tough profession, but but uh, it may be that what's happened to him will inspire him. Uh, not only to continue the idea of being a lawyer, but to really be an, a fierce advocate through his life uh, for those who have suffered injustice.
2: Mm.
0: You know, and isn't it amazing how how God really has things happen to us along the way, and we can look back and we can say, wow, that's, that's why it happened. Now I know that's why it happened. And, you know, this could be, you know, something that Nicholas will will um, hold on to and will grow from and will bring into who knows what what's to come
1: well one of the one of the the areas of and and we would refer to it as an area of damage to reputation but it's somewhat different usually you're talking about an adult someone who has been falsely accused who has already established a lifetime of accomplishment which can be destroyed in a matter of seconds by false accusations here we're talking about a 16 year old boy Each one of us are entitled to go through our lives and make our own decisions about how we want to live our life. Mm -hmm. We are entitled uh, within the confines of the law. We're entitled to select our own journey to build our lifetime of reputation. Mm -hmm. Nicholas is not going to have that. Nicholas's decisions about how how he will undertake his life's journey will always be impacted and altered because of what has been said about him. Mm-hmm. We don't know, and, and, and only time will tell the impact when, when he goes to apply to college, when he goes to apply uh, for jobs, when he decides his profession, if it turns out to be a lawyer. This, these accusations don't go away. They're permanent, and he will unfortunately be tainted by them as I said, for the rest of his life and for generations thereafter. So one of the points that I try to make here is that the responsibility of the media to be accurate applies to all of us. We're all entitled to the media telling the truth about us. But they've got to be particularly careful when they're talking about a minor because the impact of false and inaccurate information on the life of a minor child impacts that child's life from start to finish it's not like he had a chance to build his reputation to be 50 or 60 years old and then have it falsely taken away from him Um, he's got to live with it and try to build it despite what they did to him Mm -hmm. so it's a serious case of of, of damage and injury to nicholas Uh, obviously i hope he overcomes it his faith his family the character he's shown to date gives me every reason to believe that he will but even under the best of circumstances, uh, the damage to, to Nicholas is permanent. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, I guess I tend to look through the, the rose-colored glasses that I've been presenting so far. But, but uh, yeah, I—that that is such an important thing is to realize that there are people who don't think like me and don't think like most of our listeners and really are seeing this... Um, and we'll continue to see it even after the facts are out, even after the facts are out, even after the, the litigation is done, even if, you know, we hope for a positive outcome with this for him. Um, even after all that, there there are still going to be people who believe whatever they want to believe, and they're not going to change their mind, and it is going to be tainted for the rest of his life.
1: Hypothetically, what if Nicholas's accomplishments as a lawyer are s- such that one day, 40 40- 50 years from now he were to be appointed to the united states supreme court mm. then he goes before a confirmation hearing and we run the potential to have another brett kavanaugh yeah. where a person of impeccable credentials integrity and character all of his adult life brett kavanaugh was brutally and viciously attacked with accusations that were false or accusations that simply were not supportable. Luckily, he survived it. But even Justice Kavanaugh has a taint and is damaged because of what was done to him and to his family. So 40, 50 years from now, if it's proposed to Justice Sandman, somebody's going to go back and dig up this stuff on the Internet. They're going to use the parts against him. They're going to misconstrue it against him if they want to attack him for ideological reasons. So that's a perfect example of the potential harm that he can suffer brought home to what we saw last year in terms of how Brett Kavanaugh was treated.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I think many of us were wondering why he wasn't doing some of the same things that you're doing now.
1: I I, I was asked by uh, the Federalist uh, Society to write an op-ed about Justice Kavanaugh's situation, and I was asked to do it from the perspective of what were his legal rights and I, my my the op-ed was entitled "My Unsolicited Advice to uh, Judge Then uh, Judge Kavanaugh: mm-hmm. Sue Them All," yeah. but I knew that he could not because, as a member of the judiciary, it, it would be, as a practical matter, impossible for him to be able to be involved in litigation and vindicate his reputation while he was sitting on the bench. So he got the, the really the worst of, of both worlds. He got attacked for his. Uh, nomination to the united states supreme court unfairly and falsely but his hands were really tied because he was a judge that he could not use the very system he had dedicated his life to to vindicate his rights Hmm. because that would have had an adverse impact on his role as a member of the bench right so here there he is horribly attacked his family lives threatened uh, just horrible and He really can't do anything about it within the own system that he's dedicated his life to. Luckily, at the moment, Nicholas is not in that position, and Nicholas is in a position to allow us to go out and use the system to to fight for him, to fight for accountability, vindication, and compensation. You know, people people comment about, well, you're suing these corporations for hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, Please keep in mind that these are conglomerates. AT&T owns CNN and AT&T, I believe, had a net operating revenue in 2018 of $170 billion and a net profit of $19 billion. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get their attention, what's it going to take?
2: Right.
1: Our civil justice system only allows you to compensate someone who's been injured by money damages. I can't use the legal system to restore uh, Nicholas's reputation completely, and I certainly can't use the legal system to undo and erase what was said about him. So it's money compensation for injury done. It's money compensation to hold these defendants accountable. And that's why the numbers are big, as they should be. Some people say you sue for too much. Some people say you sue for too little. In this particular instance, these lawsuits against CNN and The Washington Post are filed in Covington, Kentucky, and we'll let a Covington, Kentucky jury decide what the right amount is.
0: Excellent. So, so I, you know, I'm not as familiar maybe as I should be. Can they come back and say it should actually be more?
1: Oh, sure. The ju- the, the jury has the ultimate uh, right to make the decision on what constitutes fair and just compensation. Uh, I'm aware of one incident where that happened, but that was in a movie, The Verdict with Paul Newman. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, this case has that potential. Yeah. Uh, It really does, because there's got to be a statement by the community, by the public, by the people, that they've had enough of this, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: that they're not going to tolerate it anymore, and that together, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, whatever your ideological beliefs are, you ought to be able to, to unite and come together on the idea that our media needs to be fair and primarily accurate Mm -hmm. we've got to be able to go and know with reasonable certainty that what we're hearing is the truth and we're not getting a lot of truth right now Mm -mm. we really are not because the media mainstream media has become little more than extensions of political parties or ideological beliefs and it's almost as if you turn on television and and the news is all about propaganda and efforts to influence you in a certain way. And since these entities are owned, the media entities are owned by large corporations, it's about making money, money buys influence, and ultimately influence gains power. Mm. So it's not about the First Amendment. In fact, it's about power.
2: Mm.
0: Agreed. And And so for those out there that are listening, do you have a call to action? I'll ask you the question, then I'll give out the number and give you also a message. But, but do you have a call to action for each of us? I do see the media as completely out of control. They can they can twist things. They can out and out lie. They can leave things out of videos like they did in this case. They can leave sections out um, in order to, to give a an impression of something that wasn't accurate. um, What can we do as just regular people out there? Is there something that, that we can be doing as well? And I'll tell you what, there's a teen who is doing something because they walked into our studio today and it's a teen Catholic student brought in a donation. They walked it in here to say thank you to Lynn personally for standing up for all students, especially those that are pro life. Wow. Yeah.
1: Thank so, you.
2: So
0: that's awesome. So I don't know. There he is. You want to yeah. come shake his hand? Come on in sure. here. Come on. Yeah. That's tell awesome. me your name.
1: Murphy. Murphy. It's a, yeah. it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much.
0: Murphy, why don't you tell us real quick why
1: why did you do that? Um, because I think it's really important, uh, especially right now, especially with how the media leans. Um for um, not only Catholics, but all people, to get accurate representation and to not be defamed by uh, slanted media. Um, and just in general, especially in the time we're going through in the church, we don't need any more uh, controversies. So we really appreciate what you're doing, standing up for Catholic students and all students um, and all pro-lifers. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Awesome. Really good. Really this nice is the face too. of the future. I, I like what I see.
0: I agree. I agree. I absolutely agree. All right, so again, the number to call is 678-688-4549. 678-688-4549. So far we have... $5,020. $5,000 Five thousand and twenty dollars. Five thousand of it came from Lynn Wood himself. He became a founder plus some, and we are grateful for for your donation and for your support of Catholic Radio. So, uh, if you would like to be the next person to call in, the number to call six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. Help us to keep these airwaves strong. Help us to keep messages like this coming out through the through the the media and um, give a voice. To the truth, um, you know the the good thing I think about Catholic radio is we don't have to second guess it. Mm-hmm. Whenever we're out listening to any kind of secular media, I think that's one thing that that the Nicholas Sandman case did was it opened up some eyes to the bias. In the media, and I do think that that eyes were opened, and not nearly enough eyes were opened, but some eyes were opened that were closed to the bias before, and the bias was just to most of us was very clear.
1: Well, it was it's un, undeniable. Yeah. Uh, the incident that occurred on the 18th of January at the National Mall uh, was not newsworthy. There was, there was no punches thrown. There was no bloodshed. Yeah. Uh, the only profanity and slurs that were racial and homophobic uh, were slurs against the Covington Catholic students by a group of what's known as the black Hebrew Israelites who were brutal in what they were saying to these boys. Yeah. They, the media and, and social media didn't show you that part that preceded the— one little uh, one-minute clip that they put out uh, for their own propaganda purposes. Uh, the, the fact is, it, it, it was a simple event, not newsworthy. The only reason it became newsworthy is because Nicholas had purchased a souvenir cap that day at the mall that said, Make America Great Again, a MAGA cap. Mm-hmm. And he was a white Catholic boy with that cap on, uh, at the march for life the event happened on a Friday afternoon and it went viral and the accusations were taken up by the mainstream media on Saturday morning if you'll recall there was an incident where BuzzFeed had issued uh, had written a story saying that President Trump had specifically instructed Michael Cohen to lie to Congress about uh, how long the negotiations uh, had lasted about Trump Tower in Moscow. And all day Friday, the media, CNN, Washington, everybody's going, well, we've got the president now. We got him. He's going to be impeached. He's going to have to resign. Friday night, uh, Special Counsel Mueller issued a statement saying that the BuzzFeed story was inaccurate. So as I've said before, the media went to bed on Friday night with two black eyes Mm -hmm. And they woke up Saturday morning like a schoolyard bully, and went out and started throwing punches back and they were punching a sixteen year old kid
2: hmm.
0: it, you know it just it truly it, it it defies anything that I think that that should happen in america right you know it just it where 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 how how did we get here? How in the world did we get here
1: I've watched it over the years that I've focused on First Amendment and defamation law since Richard's case in 1996, and I've watched it deteriorate and deteriorate and deteriorate until we finally reach the point where we are today where we're now falsely attacking a 16-year-old boy. I'll tell you, the reason we, we, we where we are is because there's no accountability.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We we started off with the Internet where people could sit in their Homes and, and and with anonymity and with a few strokes on a keyboard could destroy someone's reputation worldwide. That then uh, evolved into social media where most of Twitter is anonymous and the, the types of things that people are willing to say in the attacks and the vile nature of those attacks where they're not out there identified by name so that you can't... Uh, get accountability for what they're saying it's just led to a continued deterioration in how we get our news and how we talk to each other we used to have the days where even back in uh, this may really date me but back to the days of watergate mm-hmm. with uh, woodward and bernstein they had deep throat the anonymous source mm-hmm. but ben bradley of the, the the editor and of the Washington Post, who was a legitimate, true journalist, whether you disagree or agree with his ideology, he insisted that before Woodward and Bernstein could publish any statement that they had from Deep Throat, the source, they had to have two independent sources verify that information. Because when you read the news, you expect that what you're reading is capable of being proven true or false and that the media has responsibly checked it to make sure that it's true, that it's accurate. Mm-hmm. Those days are way gone. You pick up any newspaper, you go look at any broadcast on television, and you're going to hear things like uh, sources close to the president, uh, members of the uh, intelligence community.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You don't get any names. Right. There may not even be any. It could simply be the, 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 agenda of the person that's writing the story Mm -hmm. so we don't have the level of confidence in what we're hearing anymore
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and we've got to get that back we've got to figure out where to go you've got catholic radio but the mass of americans out there too don't have that, that benefit necessarily so that we're still looking for what station do we turn to what uh uh newspaper do we read where we know that we can trust that we're getting something that is accurate at least to the extent that it has been reasonably investigated and has been properly sourced yes we just don't have that right now and that's why without it it becomes worse than the wild wild west there, there are literally no rules that govern it and if they go get a 16 year old boy trust me it's not an overstatement we are all at risk all of our reputations are at risk
0: right now that I I agree wholeheartedly. So then where where do you see this case taking us? How do you see um I I know right now we're just looking at at helping Nicholas Sandman and and really um giving him a voice and and fighting for his reputation. But I think it's going to be one of those landmark cases um, that's, that's going to reverberate, like like the student said, it's going to reverberate, and and it's it's going to make a difference. And I, I'm just wondering, I guess, how do you see um, us going forward from from this?
1: Well, my my one concern is that unfortunately we we tend to to think in almost like news cycles, we get an event the media goes into a frenzy over it then it dies down then we get another event then there's another frenzy and and the, with each media frenzy we obviously draw a lot of public attention to it if we're going to successfully change the way we deal with our reputations and if we're going to successfully get accuracy into the media from my perspective I would urge you from a call-to-action standpoint is don't forget Nicholas Sandman. Mm -hmm. Don't let time and other news events erase what happened to this boy from your mind's eye because it's going to be a long battle. Uh, We're talking about cases that could drag on for several years, and I think it's vitally important if the public cares about the truth, If the public cares, and I believe the public does, cares about its reputation, cares about its children, then don't forget Nicholas Sandman. Keep informed about what's going on, and to the extent, whenever you have the opportunity, be there to support him to your friends, to your neighbors, uh, to your church members, your parishioners. Uh, Don't let that name uh, get far off of the tip of your tongue, because it is truly a... Case that if it is followed and supported, uh, has a chance to make a difference.
0: And so for, and I'm going to ask a question. Then I'm going to give out the number again. But for those of us that are hearing you say, "Don't forget Nicholas Sandman," you know, there it, it's hard to believe that there may there are people out there that don't know what we're talking about. But maybe you can summarize just in a little bit when you say, "Don't forget Nicholas Sandman." There are so many untruths out there, so many misconceptions about the case, people that really don't understand what's going on. Can you just give us a a segment of this is the truth of the case, this is what happened, and this is what we need to fight for? I'm gonna give out the number six seven eight six eight eight four five four nine. We all want to sit back and listen. I get it. Believe me, I get it. But if, if you can also call, then please do that. You can also go online. You can listen. That's a good, good comment here, Annie. You can go online. You can be listening and go online to thequestatlanta.com and make a pledge that way. And that way, it'll show up here during this hour that you are showing support for this situation, and uh, we would love that. Right now, we're at five thousand twenty dollars. Five thousand. linwood i imagine the 20 was from the young man that that walked in here so eloquently supported um what you're doing and and gave you a big thank you
1: well supporting supporting catholic radio is supporting the truth Mm -hmm. and so it's important uh, that your listeners and uh, the members of your faith uh, get their pocketbooks uh, Mm -hmm. emptied and 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 make the contribution yeah Uh, i'm not here to raise money i'm not a fundraiser um, but this is a worthwhile cause, especially when we're talking about accuracy and truth in media. Yes, Catholic Radio is going to give you the truth. So we need to support it to make sure that we have that venue to go to to hear accurate information.
0: Excellent. And I have a couple more messages, and then we really sure. will get to that part where you can give us the summary. So Brad from Aquad Ackworth. Okay, I come from out of town, so and I'm also reading somebody's writing here, so I apologize when I butcher things like that. Um, God bless Mr. Wood, and we are praying for him, and I think he's doing a great thing. Very nice, thank you. Awesome. All right, and this person says, people are in the chapel praying for Nick and for Mr. Wood, and, oh yeah, this is a good reminder, and for um, House Bill 481. So we encourage everyone to go to the at the questatlanta.com the quest find out about this bill that comes uh, up today and we want it to to come out and uh, be voted on so go to the atlanta the dot and find the information find the phone numbers to call in order to express your opinions on that too there's a whole lot going on isn't there Golly. it really is and you can probably talk about house bill 481 better than i can because i I, You know, maybe you want to tell them exactly what that is real quick.
1: Well, I haven't followed it that closely uh, because I've been a little bit busy on uh, other matters since that bill has been introduced. But as I understand it, it's it's a law that is designed to say that life, uh, that that the idea of a therapeutic abortion or an abortion cannot be undertaken after a heartbeat is discernible uh, in the unborn. Yes. And that's going to be—I don't get into the politics in terms of my representation of Nicholas, but I I recognize that the issue of abortion is probably a more divisive and passionate issue on both sides than even the feelings about the president. Mm. So when we talk about the MAGA cap, you wonder whether or not that's somewhat of a subterfuge because the core issue— that may really be driving the passions on both sides may be the issue of right to life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Covington Catholic High School is one of the larger uh, Catholic schools in the country. Uh, Northern Kentucky is is, uh, heavily uh, populated with members of the Catholic faith. The school sends uh, students there every year to the uh, March for Life, has done so for years. A few years ago, when President Obama was uh, in office, uh, some of the boys and and girls bought hope caps. Mm. They were on sale in the Mm. souvenir malls, Mm. the souvenir shops on the mall. Uh, And this group went, about 240 students with 16 chaperones, and they attended the uh, march. They were instructed to meet at the steps of the Lincoln Memorial to meet the bus to go home. By 5 o'clock, they began to assemble there, at which time they were subjected to racial and homophobic slurs of the worst kind by the black uh, Hebrew Israelites, four or five uh, individuals, a known, recognized hate group. The boys asked their chaperone if they could do a school cheer to try to, kind of drown out the, the attacks and the, and the vile things that were being said to him. And the chaperones gave them the approval and authority to do that. They launched into their cheer. All of a sudden, Nathan Phillips, who is obviously an activist and not a man of the truth, mm-hmm. uh, approached uh, the students and made his way directly to uh, stand in front of Nicholas's face. Within inches of his face, pounding on a drum and chanting with what I would call at least a stare, if not a glare, at this young boy. Nicholas was uh, standing on the step, so he he looks taller in the famous picture uh, that's uh, circulated uh, than he actually is. But Phillips targeted him, and I'm sure Phillips had people there with cameras. They were looking for a viral moment, and... Nicholas conducted himself so admirably, he didn't say a word. Mm -hmm. He did not uh, react except to try to be respectful. Uh, I'm sure we would all agree that he had uh, a nervous smile, which the naysayers want to call a smirk. Hello. Mm -hmm. If you look at the total clip, uh, Nicholas was not smiling the entire time. In fact, at one point he turned and signaled to one of his classmates, to not respond to some of the slurs being aimed at that uh, student mm-hmm. to show, essentially, respect for Mr. Phillips. Mm-hmm. Then the buses arrive, the boys left, and Phillips turns around, and, and one of his uh, fellow activists starts yelling, we got him, man, We and I won't repeat the profanity, we got him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And Phillips goes off. And then later, I believe the next day, tried to intercede in, in a Catholic mass at, the, at one of the cathedrals mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. Washington, D.C. That's it. Mm-hmm. What the media took as the narrative was not the truth. If you read what was in the media, the media had Nicholas and his classmates attacking the black uh, Hebrew Israelites to the point where CNN said that everyone thought that the uh, students were going to lynch the black uh, Hebrew Israelites, and the students were yelling slurs at the black Hebrew Israelites, and that Phillips, who's told a number of different stories, uh, which is why I said he's not a man of the truth, uh, claimed that, that the boys confronted him, that Nicholas got in his face, that Nicholas blocked his uh, exit, that he was scared for his life, and that Nicholas was standing there and wouldn't let him get through. Total fiction that the boys mocked and taunted uh, the uh, Phillips. They didn't do that. So you had false conduct being reported about the students that conveyed to the public that the students had engaged in racist, bigoted behavior when, in fact, Nicholas and his fellow students did nothing of the kind. Mm -hmm. That's the story in a nutshell.
0: Yes. And and so— How, how do you litigate this situation where, where you can, because I, you know, you hear people that are saying, uh, it was a public event, you know, different things, but, but what you're saying, it was also a minor, it was a minor and yes, it was a public event, but you, you can speak to that much more, much better than I can, but I am going to give you a couple messages too, before you do that. So, um, thank you to Lynn for seeking the truth. Our prayers are with you. And that's from Patty and Dan. And uh, I, this is awesome. All the volunteers and prayer warriors at the Quest want to thank you so much, and we'll pray for you. But want you to to call us anytime you need a uh, uh, prayer coverage. Okay, thank so you. that's awesome. And and for Nicholas too, I want to make sure that everybody understands we're praying for Nicholas too. Because golly, that that young man, you know, he he is undergoing a lot with the the death threats and. And, um, you know, he, I think he has to have security go with him to
2: school. Well, he
1: did. Well, the first few days, the school did not let him come back. It was about six days before he was allowed to get back into the school. The diocese uh, commissioned a an independent investigation by a law firm who hired an independent investigative uh, firm in Cincinnati uh, that looked into the entire situation, interviewed a tremendous number of the participants and eyewitnesses, Uh, reviewed all of the video and concluded that the truth is exactly what I described to you earlier. These boys did nothing wrong. Mm -hmm. It was all a false narrative. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Unfortunately, a false narrative that painted Nicholas literally around the world as the face of evil, Mm -hmm. a young man with a MAGA cap on, Mm -hmm. uh, a racist, a bigot. It's just a good kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he's gotten a lot of support from his uh, community from the Catholic Church uh, and the church members, and it means a lot to him. So I'm sure that if his mom and dad were here today, they would urge everyone to continue to pray for him and to pray for their family and to pray for our country. Mm -hmm. We live in strange times. We
0: do, indeed. Okay, so so where does the the case come in you know people say oh well we have freedom of speech we have this we have that so how does the the case actually come in for you to be able to to defend him and to to litigate this
1: well let me start by saying that there is no value in false speech when when people start saying lawsuits will chill speech and and prevent there being the breathing space in the First Amendment to allow for robust public debate. Remember, we're not talking about chilling true speech. We're not asking people to stop debating. These lawsuits are designed, if you want to use the word, to chill speech. We're talking about chilling false speech, which has no value to begin with. And in Nicholas's case, if we're going to be accused of chilling speech— we're talking about chilling false speech that attacks and vilifies and threatens a child. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think the First Amendment has the need for any breathing room for a, a robust debate where you're talking about falsely attacking a child. So this, this litigation doesn't threaten the First Amendment. This litigation, if successful in my view, will strengthen the First Amendment Because a First Amendment without any accountability for wrongdoing does not really provide protection to any of us. It becomes almost a meaningless right. Nicholas is a private figure under defamation law. The defense will try to claim that he's a public figure because this was a public incident. That is not the law. For Nicholas to be deemed a public figure, he would have had to voluntarily interject himself into the forefront or the vortex of a public controversy, with a specific intent of influencing the outcome, nothing of that, hap- that uh, hap- like that happened here with Nicholas. Nicholas was just there as a participant. The fact that it was a public event does not change that equation at all. Uh, a Supreme Court case called Rosenbloom versus Metro Media had originally held that anyone who was involved in a matter of public interest had to meet the actual malice burdens of a public official imposed uh, by the New York Times versus Sullivan decision in 1964. The Rosenblum decision was uh, shortly after that reversed by the Supreme Court because they realized they'd gone too far. So the mere fact that you happen to be in a matter of public interest does not not convert an otherwise private individual into a public figure Mm. so that Nicholas should be able to proceed against the media by simply proving negligence, that they fail to meet the objective standards of the journalistic profession. And that will be easy to prove, as opposed to proving actual malice, which would be publication with an actual knowledge of falsity or with a reckless disregard for truth. But here, even though he's not required to meet that actual malice burden, I'm confident that uh, Nicholas can show that the media and other individuals act in a matter that would be deemed to have been in a reckless disregard for the truth. So, this was negligent reporting. It was reckless reporting.
2: Mm.
0: Very good. All right, another message for Hugh, and we'll give out the phone number 678 688 4549. You are listening to The Quest. We are in the Celebrate Your Faith Spirit Drive. We are trying to raise the necessary funds in order to keep Catholic radio strong in Atlanta. In the past two days, we've raised uh, $95,121. We are at 5020 so far for today, and we are very grateful, absolutely tremendously grateful for every penny-nickel-dime quarter that's been called in. We know there's still work to do, though, because uh, just the electricity bill for a 50,000-watt station is, is a lot. And you know, there's only about five to seven Catholic radio AM stations that have 50,000 watts throughout the whole country and one of them is right here in Atlanta and so wow what what a gift that is to have this strong station and uh, all we're asking is for you to it's as easy as calling in and making a pledge to keep it strong and and having the voice of truth continue to go out over the airwaves and so we would really encourage you to prayerfully consider whether you can make a donation 678688 4549. We are talking with Lynn Wood. He is the attorney who is representing Covington High School student Nicholas Sandman. Been finding out a little bit about the case and and about the the subsequent lawsuits that are, that are going out. Um also encouraging you to call in and give messages to Mr. Wood, whether you can make a donation or not, doesn't matter. We want him and we want Nicholas to know that we're praying for him and that we're supporting him. This next message says, please ask Mr. Wood to tell Nicholas and his family that we are praying, here we go, that we are praying for them and fully support him and them, Thank you for all you're doing for this case. And that's from Lori, who is part of the, the Quest team here. So, uh, you know, and I, I really can't uh, echo that more strongly. Um, truly appreciate it. It seems like so often we tend to take the, the stand of, you know, just turn the other cheek and be forgiving. And And yes, absolutely. We need to be forgiving. But there's also the part of justice. That's important, too. And I think that's what what you're working towards is bringing justice to this situation. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you. I've spent now almost 43 years uh, in what I believe has been the pursuit of justice. I'm passionate about justice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when you are so viciously attacked, it's difficult to simply turn the other cheek when the damage that's been done is is permanent and and it's not a matter of 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 fighting back by uh, physically encountering your accuser Uh, it's a matter of going into where our system and we are a country that is ruled by law to go into where our legal system tells you is the place to find justice Mm -hmm. and so we're working through the legal system I have a lot of confidence in our legal system. It doesn't always get it right, but I have found that by and large, we all know it's the best in the in the world, uh, the best that's probably ever been in, invented and utilized in our civilization's history. So I love the system of justice. I think it works uh, a lot more often than it does not. And I have confidence that in this case where we're going to be in front of some fair federal judges— we're going to be able to ask, as our system of justice allows us to do, we're going to be able to ask uh, the members of the community, a jury of peers, what do you think about this? It's not what Lynn Wood says. It, it's what the, the jury will say. And I, I believe the jury will find the truth, and I think the jury will strive to find justice. And in this particular matter, justice for Nicholas Sandman has to send a message that CNN gets it, Washington Post gets it, NBC gets it, Associated Press gets it. I'll need another hour and a half. If you want me to name everybody?
2: <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: The, the, the fact <laughs> is, it's got to be a message that is loud, a message that is clear, and hopefully it'll be a message that does effectuate change because we've got to get back again, as I say, we've got to get back to where we get truth and accuracy in our media.
0: Yes, I agreed. And, and I think that's why we're hearing so many people saying thank you, is because. We appreciate you doing that and, and giving a voice well, to that.
1: Well, I, I know the Salmon family appreciates the support, too. I mm-hmm. spoke with them yesterday, and, and they are uh, hanging tough. Yeah. They are dedicated to their son, and they're dedicated to trying to correct the uh, wrongs and to hopefully themselves feel like that, that the benefit, of, the positive that can come out of what happened to Nicholas uh, can be something that impacts in a, a favorable way a lot of people in this country. They're good people. And their cause is just. They're on the right side.
0: Agreed. And and uh thank you for for bringing that extremely strong message out through the airwaves, giving an hour of your time, giving of your treasure, um, so appreciative for all that you're doing for for Nicholas, for his family, and uh, do do let them know that that they have a whole lot of people. They probably know that, but but they have a whole lot of people here um, in uh, Georgia that are that are really praying for them and and praying for you too. I will
1: let them know, and I was pleased to start off by making my pledge. Thank you. Let me uh, end by saying, uh, one way you can make a difference out there is to support Catholic Radio. Yes. So give them the five bucks or ten or whatever you can do, yeah. and let's keep the voice of truth and accuracy out there, so we can get to what we deserve—the truth. Thank you.
0: I thank you so much. Thank you for bringing that message. Again, we have been talking with Lynn Wood. He is the attorney representing. Covington High School student, Nicholas Sandman. What a privilege it's been to have him here with us and to to really help us to understand exactly what happened. And uh, number to call if you would like to call during the break, 678-688-4549. We'll be coming back on the other side of the break with Father Dan Ketter. He's from the Archdiocesan Tribunal, so we'll find out what he does at the tribunal. Stay tuned and stay with us until after the break. We'll be back at 9 o'clock.